0: Welcome to the Yoga Focus Podcast. I'm Laura Gellner, a yoga therapist, occupational therapist, and the owner of Focused Wellness Therapeutics. I provide one-on-one yoga therapy sessions, small group therapeutic yoga, and online education for yoga teachers that is rooted in science. For more information, check out my website, lauragyoga.com. This episode is a segment from my online course, Anatomy of Yoga Part 3 on Udemy. This course is all about how to take the information we learn about anatomy and the human body and apply it to what we do as yoga teachers to actually craft sequences and classes that are anatomy informed. I hope you enjoy the podcast and if you'd like to learn more about the course, there will be a link in the description below. let's look at the key components that I like to include into an anatomically informed yoga practice when we are considering the endocrine system. The endocrine system consists of a series of glands in the body, the endocrine glands, and glands secrete hormones. These hormones are super important for sending signals and information within our body. They also establish the necessary rhythms within our body. So when we're looking at all the organ systems in the body, I always picture the nervous system and the endocrine system kind of up in the top tier because their information filters down to all the other organ systems. It tells our heart, how quickly or slowly to beat depending on what hormones are being released. If we are in a stress response or rest and digest response, it tells our digestive system how it's going to carry out the process of digestion depending on what we are experiencing at that time. So the endocrine system and the nervous system are kind of those two very important things in terms of how everything else in our body works. Now, when we're thinking about what we do on our yoga mat, it's not so much that I could give you a certain pose or a certain series that is going to just revolutionize the health of your endocrine system. It's really a little bit more of a subtle connection here. Um, Subtle, but in a way that really a lot of what we do on our yoga mat, really most of what we do on our yoga mat is going to have a positive interaction with our endocrine system in a way that creates balance. Now, I hesitate to use this phrase hormone balance because it has become a bit of a buzzword in wellness circles and I feel like sometimes it gets misused and a lot of times it is used to sell products. It is used to sell uh, vitamins and supplements and things like that that are branded as something that will balance your hormones. The way that I like to come at this is really more from a space of lifestyle medicine and as yoga teachers, being the advocates for balanced, healthy, sustainable lifestyles. Empowering our students to help them understand that they can set limits and they can structure their daily life in a way that supports their health and supports the natural rhythms of their body. That's really the main thing here. It's not a quick fix. It's not do this one yoga pose and your hormones are all going to be great and fully balanced and everything's going to be wonderful. It's actually quite more in depth than that. It's about finding an overall lifestyle for the duration, right? We're talking about years, not hours here. So this is a a really involved lifestyle process. And it's not something that will happen overnight, but it's helping our students to understand that creating balance within their life, creating a lifestyle that they feel like really fosters their overall wellness, having good routines of eating regularly, getting physical activity regularly, getting rest and true restorative time, um, and having good sleep cycles those are the things that are really going to support our hormones and create good balance within the body in the long term. All right. So number two is talking about time for rest and reset. This is actually the focus that I chose for my particular sequence that I wrote. There's a lot of different ways that you can come at this when you're thinking about the endocrine system. The one that I honed in on was sleep. I love to talk about sleep. And it happens to be one of the podcasts that I put out that has the highest views because there's a lot of people who struggle with sleep and they are looking for information on how to improve the quality of their sleep. It's part of what comes along with living in a society where we tend to overwork and we tend to be overly busy. When we are stuck in sympathetic dominance, it's difficult to go to sleep. The cortisol system can get thrown off where our cortisol does not dip the way that it's supposed to in the evening when we are expected to be going to bed and we're trying to actually feel tired. If you get that feeling of like all of a sudden you're very alert and you're supposed to be going to bed but you're not tired at all, a lot of times that's a signal that your cortisol patterns are off. So doing things that in a clinical setting, I call it sleep hygiene. I do a lot of education with people on how to improve their sleep patterns. Um, on the yoga mat, I'm going to encourage things like yin and restorative yoga in the evening to do what we were talking about with the nervous system is active relaxation. So if the body's not getting there naturally through your daily patterns, we're going to insert things into your day that are going to help you to unwind. and. For me, I have a a pattern where I will do peppermint tea in the evening, uh, maybe go down onto the floor and do a couple hip stretches, back stretches, or maybe even just be on the floor and just breathe. Just be still for a few minutes and do an internal practice of releasing some of the things that I am thinking about that might keep me awake. So things that facilitate rest and being able to restore Um, Pulling in components of restorative and yin yoga. Number three is talking about sleep hygiene and um, circadian rhythm. One of the things that I like to educate my students about is the importance of sunlight, especially in the winter. Um, Especially if somebody has some mood disorders, difficulty with anxiety and depression, difficulty with sleep, exposure to natural light, sunlight, Um, as early as possible in the morning when you wake up. Or a broad-spectrum light in the morning will help the body to reset the hormones so that there is a more natural pattern to when you are ramping up to be awake and productive and then when you are ramping down to go to sleep and restore we need that pattern to be pretty strong you should start to feel tired when you're getting closer to your normal bedtime because that's that hormonal shift of the body being like okay getting ready for deep sleep, getting ready to restore. Not all sleep is created equal. That's a conversation that I like to have with people as well. Even if you were sleeping eight hours and you're waking up and you still feel tired and you're having difficulty waking up, you may have been sleeping, but it might not have been good quality deep sleep that restored you. So again, we reflect back onto what can we do during the day that will help the body and help the progression of hormones throughout the day to put you into a state where you're going to get more restorative sleep. The other really big thing that I like to talk to people about is their activity level. If you are very sedentary during the day and you're not burning off your energy, um, and if you're not, your day isn't really getting to a peak of activity where you're moving around, you're doing things, your brain is very actively engaged, so you're getting that mental um, energy expulsion. Um, as well as your physical energy. So if you're not exercising, you're not doing a a strenuous yoga practice, a lot of times you are not going to sleep well because you haven't burned off your energy from the day. Your body's like, oh, I'm still, I'm still ready to do things. I I still want to be engaged. I'm not ready to go to bed. So that's an important thing. Making sure, and it doesn't have to be a lot. It doesn't have to be a long time. It might just be 20 minutes of engaging in a a good yoga flow, of going for a brisk walk, um, maybe going for a little jog, doing some weightlifting, something that is a higher energy output for a period of 20 to 30 minutes toward the morning or the early afternoon. Don't do it too late in the day because it will wake you up. Um, But that energy output is very important to then make you tired later so that you sleep well. Right. number four, my favorite, stress management skills. When we want people to have a good balance of hormones in their body, we need to make sure that they are not getting stuck in a stress response, that they are not constantly being bathed in cortisol. Um, and a lot of that is teaching how to manage long-term stress. A big component of that is setting boundaries, especially in the modern, modern world. I learned the hard way that if I didn't want my job to take over my life and take all of my available energy, I had to set hard boundaries. I will not work past this time. Um, I will not work late on days when I am supposed to go to yoga. I will not work late on days when I have to go to the gym because I know if I start giving up yoga and exercise, uh, that's when things really go off the rails for me. And that's when I start to feel burnout and stress. So the key thing that I learned and the key thing that I try to teach people is know the boundaries that you have to set to protect yourself, to protect your energy, to protect your health and empower your students to also set and uphold those boundaries. It is not easy. Um, I cannot guarantee that you won't feel guilty because I know I, I do still struggle with guilt when I say no to working extra, especially in healthcare. That is a tricky, tricky thing. Um, But I really have to lean back on that idea that I know if I overwork, I will get burnt out and the productivity or the, really the quality of what I am able to offer my patients and my students will start to decline. And that bothers me more than anything. I am always interested in doing the highest quality output rather than quantity. But that is a That is a challenge in modern day society, and I can't say that it gets easy. um, But it is so important and so worth it. Identify those that exposure to chronic stress and see where you can set healthy boundaries. Okay, number five, training in active relaxation and self regulation. So when we think back to the nervous system, and I've already mentioned how the nervous system and the endocrine system are kind of at the top sending information down to all the other organ systems on how to function and why. It's about responding to the demands that are put on us. One of the ways that we can balance out when work is demanding, when family life is demanding, when we're working on something that has a deadline that's putting pressure on us, we can use our strategies of active relaxation and yoga teachers are the ones who are going to teach these things. We don't get this from doctors. I never learned this when I was in all my years of school. We were sort of just expected to kind of know it, but nobody ever taught it to us. Um, We would talk about stress management techniques sometimes in paperwork when I was in therapy school, but we never actually sat down and said, hey, these are stress management techniques. Um, I think yoga teachers fill this role extremely well. So, teaching your students and your clients things like what breathing exercises they will use when they're feeling stressed and they need to ground. Um, grounding techniques. How to drop into your body when you feel like you're being pulled up into your head and your mind is going all over the place. How do we drop down into our body and settle into the present moment so that we can actually be productive and feel connected to our life instead of getting that overwhelm and disconnect? What techniques in yoga? Are there poses? Um, Is there a sequence? Is there a breathing technique? Those are the specifics that we're going to teach our students. That's when I like to give them little nuggets of homework or off-the-mat explorations to use that is really going to take yoga from something that they do an hour here and there on their mat to something that they use really consistently. Number six is teaching about the chakra system as a framework for growth and emotional processing. Now, like I said, when we're talking about the endocrine system and the interaction that it has with yoga practice and yoga philosophy, there's so many different angles that you could take this. One of my favorite is talking about the chakra system as a a format for looking at where we have um, emotional blockages where we are stuck or struggling in our life where we're carrying some trauma or negative baggage from experiences that we had earlier in our life and how we can process through that on a on a very like self-help kind of format it's also another opportunity where if a student feels like there's a lot of stuff coming up Um, We can refer them to a healthcare professional, refer them to a psychologist, a social worker, um, a psychiatrist, all of those kind of professionals that are able to help with a deeper dive on this. But we all have access to this information so that we can do some self-emotional processing and some self-reflection. When I taught my evening class at the studio, I used to do a series of classes where each week I would pick a different chakra and I would usually work from the root all the way up to the crown. And each week I would tell the students what part of the endocrine system that chakra was associated with, what emotions it is associated with on the positive and on the shadow. And some self-reflection about do I have difficulty thinking about those emotions? Do I feel like I have those emotions stuck? Um, When I'm doing this practice, do I feel anything kind of bubbling up to the surface. And then week by week, I would progress them through. So, that's another option if you're interested in going deeper into this connection between the endocrine system and the chakras and how that impacts us on an emotional level, but also on a physical level. The longer I teach yoga and the longer I work as a therapist, the more I see the interconnection between the physical, the mental, and the emotional. I mean, they are so tied together and impact each other so strongly in ways that we really just don't understand yet in modern science that I think in the years ahead we're going to see some some better acknowledgement on how important emotional health and mental health is um, and how it can be very connected to our physical experiences of being in our body. So there are six different ideas of things that you can pull into your yoga practice and ways that you can structure your class that are informed on the endocrine system and creating this experience of balance and an overall healthy lifestyle. Now we're going to go ahead and look at how I would actually write out my lesson plan and carry out a class in this format. Thank you for being here on the Yoga Focus podcast. I'm Laura Gellner. If you would like to stay connected to more yoga resources, you can follow me on Instagram at Laura G. Yoga. I have many YouTube videos at Laura Gellner, The Yoga Focus Method, and you can find links to my book, Yoga Therapy at the Wall, and all of my online courses at my website, lauragyoga.com. Thanks so much for being here.